Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host tonight, Paul Arnold, and I'm joined by my friend Ernest Watts. And football is back, Ernest. Football is back. Football is back. Do you think I'm excited about football? Football, football, football. Yeah, I think we all are. Do you realize the next Sunday that we'll have without football will be February 20th, 2022? Uh, that's a sad day, but I can wait for that. Well, then by that time, the new USFL will be started. No, 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 no. You you really need help, Ernest. I'm just saying. Well, my, my grandsons, were we were in the pool, and they were asking what my favorite season is. And I said, summer. You know, I love the summer. And my son would say, well, you know, you know, you love the fall. You love football. And technically, the first three weeks of football are in the summer. And, and you know, now we have football almost all year long. If not games being played, the like the NBA, the NFL has become a fifty-two week season sport. They're between draft and everything else discussion. It's a beast. And so I did a little research and when I was growing up, one of my favorite things to look at was in the Sunday paper was the parade magazine. Um because they have the parade all American, they have little trivia and stuff like that. And tr- Parade Magazine has sports trivia and there's one section here just on football. And Ernest, you are the pardon confusion swami. You are the trivia master. Build me up. Build me up. Go ahead. Uh, uh, so I can fail. Building me to fail. But go yeah. ahead. Strange enough, I was listening to the radio with my wife the other day and build me up, buttercup, baby. And I shouldn't sing anymore. Okay, anyways. I'll try to edit that out later, right? Okay, here we go. So here's some football question for Ernest. What is the only team in the NFL to neither host nor play in the Super Bowl. Let's check. Oh, Jaguars have hosted it. Okay. Uh, Browns. You are right. Way to go. One for one. Number two. How much does an NFL wo- football weigh? Oh, Lord. Uh, we're, we're getting to the flight gate, aren't we? I know. Is it supposed to be 14 PSI? I remember <laughs> that part from the flight gate. Yeah. Uh, I would. Uh, I'm picking one up right now. I uh, uh, five point seven pounds. I have no idea. One pound. One pound. Yeah, okay. one pound. Feels heavier than a pound. But is that? I guess the air counterbalances. I don't know. So here's your next question: What NFL team lost the first Super Bowl in 1970? That was the first one after the merger. First Super Bowl was 1966. That was Green Bay and Kansas City. But 1970 was Baltimore versus the Dallas Cowboys. The Colts won 16 uh, to 3. Uh, 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 uh. Vikings. Vikings lost in 1970. Okay, yeah, because the years lapse over. They lost to Kansas City 24 7 in New Orleans to the Kansas City Chiefs. Lenny Dawson was the MVP. There you but go. that wasn't the first one. The first one was 1966. I know, I know. So okay. this next question is, this is an easy one. What, Which NFL team has their logo located on only one side of their helmets? Uh, that's the Steelers. That's because they can't reverse it. The original story is, you know the story behind that, don't you? Go for it. Okay. People don't realize decals on helmets were relatively new. It wasn't until the 50s, and they did it for television because most TVs were black and white, and it was a way to identify the teams. The Steelers at that time, Mr. Rooney was rather frugal, so all they could afford was one decal per helmet. 
So he couldn't afford two decals because they're applied by, you know, the, the, the team. So he bought just enough for one decal and that was unique and different. So the Steelers have kept that. Do you know, not only that the Steelers do not put the numbers on the front of the helmet till the regular season in the preseason, they leave the two numbers, uh, which straddle the, the yellow stripe in the front. They don't put them on until the team has been named until officially the the squad has been put together. Oh, so, we could do a whole hour. I on know, duty. I know. I'm sorry. No, no, that's why I started. And uh, I think people like football tri- trivia. And tonight is the big game, Tampa Bay versus the Cowboys. And you look at the two quarterbacks, of course, and Rodney Harrison just said on NBC Sports that Tom Brady called him in the offseason, said, you picked against me, you picked against me. And Rodney said, no, I didn't. But Tom is looking for something to drive him. He always finds someone who said something to well, so isn't he can... that Isn't that unique among all the greats? I mean, Michael Jordan always created these these misunderstandings or slights. Derek Jeter just did his Hall of Fame speech, and it was all about the one guy who didn't vote him in. I think those those ultimate stars, those goats, as we like to call them, always after you've been successful so much, you have to create these artificial slights to be motivated. I mean, what motivation does Brady need? He's well, one without That's Belichick the point. Man. That's the question. I said, where is Brady going to find his motivation this year? That's the age thing. People are going to say he can't do it at 44. They're going to say it was a fluke, that it was the defense of Tampa Bay. He'll create something. I mean, that's, again, that's the thing that, that, the similarity between him and and Jordan and Jeter, which Jordan went to Jeter's indoctrination in the Hall of Fame this week, but they always create these types of things. I mean, that's it's after a while. I think when you reach an amount of success, you have to do that. Uh, and look at Saban this week. Tell him about his team's not motivated to play Mercer. Paul, do you know where Mercer College is? I do. It's in Macon, Georgia. Yeah, I was going to say, because you lived in Georgia. But I venture to say 99 out of 100 people. Well, do you know the Macon's uh, mascot or what they are? Macon, I mean, excuse me, Mercer. The the Mercer Bears. Bears, yes. See? Yeah. All right. So, pros company. Go ahead. Here's the first question. All right. The, you know, throw it out question. What is going to happen? What's more likely to happen? Uh, that the Buccaneers are going to win another Super Bowl or that Dak Prescott Prescott will be injured again? (laughs) Dak being injured, probably. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to repeat. The the Patriots were the last team to do it. I mean, let let me preface this by telling you there are only eight teams that will be in the Super Bowl, all right? Uh, You give me eight teams, I'll give you the field. And so, basically, the only teams in the NFC that the Buccaneers have to worry about are the Rams, the 49ers, and the Packers. No one else, you know, is is going to give them any. I mean, the NFC, to me, is weaker than it was last year because you have Breeze at New Orleans. And, and you know, you've got a mess at Philadelphia, and the, the Giants are too young. So I would say Dak being injured. I could, you know, I could see Tampa Bay get back to the Super Bowl. I don't see him winning it, but I see I could see him going back. And in the AFC, 
the only contenders are, are Buffalo and, and Texans. What? Kansas what? City. What? Texans? They're trying to trade. Wow, yeah, really. Texans are a train wreck, bud. Senior senior moment. I'm turning 65 this week. Yes, okay. Uh, The the Bills, the the Titans, uh, Cleveland, and maybe the Chargers and the Chiefs. So you got nine teams that are contenders. You know, already, let me see, out of 32 teams, I've eliminated uh, 24 already from being in the Super Bowl, and we haven't played a game yet. Right. Uh, you know, it's interesting to see AFC looking so much stronger than F- NFC. It just goes in, you know, patterns for a while. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on certain players, but do you think anybody has more pressure um, than uh, Matthew Stafford going over to the Rams? He does because he's considered the favorite, but I don't think he has as much, even in his division, I think Garoppolo has more pressure. He's got the young kid looking in his back. He didn't even have, officially, he hasn't, Garoppolo has not been named the starter already. And the last exhibition game, preseason game, as the NFL likes to call it, they rotated quarterbacks, which the last time I saw that was 1970 with the Dallas Cowboys when uh, Landry used to send in Morton and Staubach every other play. And that doesn't work out because they started out two and five. So yeah, I think Garoppolo's under more pressure than Stafford. I think Aaron Rodgers is under a lot of pressure because he's pretty much made it this this is the year. I mean, him and his wide receiver sent out this little meme, the last dance, you know, with picture of Pippen and Jordan kind of giving the impression neither one of them are going to be back next year. So it's, if Stafford, if the Rams don't make it to the Super Bowl, it's going to consider more his coach's fault than I think him. Yeah. And when's the last time Stafford's had a complete season where he's been healthy? Oh, no, he did pretty good last year. They pulled him just, you know, because they wanted to rest him and knew that nothing was going to happen. But he's played through so many injuries, and uh, I think he's going to do pretty good out there in L.A. I think L.A., could be a semi-surprise team coming out of NFC, but I don't think they're getting by the Buccaneers. Um, I, I kind of think if if McClanahan can figure out what he wants to do with the 49ers, if he finds one quarterback and sticks with them, I like the 49ers' defense better than I like the Rams' defense. I like the 49ers, the fact that they're going to have a third-place schedule and the Rams are going to have a first-place schedule. I kind of take the 49ers in that division. Uh, the Cardinals, I just don't know. They're just a mess. I mean, they have more talent at wide receiver than any other team, but we haven't seen Murray put it together, sorry, Nate, for an entire season yet. And when you start taking on older guys like they have, that's usually a sign of desperation. And the Seahawks can't block. I mean, do you know which quarterbacks had – I've set this up, unfortunately. Do you know what quarterbacks had the most sacks in the last six years? Been sacked the most times? Russell Wilson, right? Bing, 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 bing. Yeah, I really timed that wrong. I should have asked that before. Well, so. besides Russell Wilson, what player do you feel the most sorry for? Because you know the Seahawks are not going anywhere. He wanted to go somewhere else. It wasn't going to happen. I used to feel sorry for Matthew Stafford. Now I feel sorry for Russell Wilson – 
that he's just not surrounded by a good team. So who else do you feel sorry for? In quarterbacks that don't have good talent around them, kind of like Aaron Rodgers, David Carr, uh, to a certain extent, Lamar Jackson, because he's about the only one left of the Ravens that hasn't tore up a knee. He got four players with ACLs in the last two weeks. Three running backs are out. They got Bell coming back, and they just put him on the active squad. And he looked like he was dipped in lead when he was with Kansas City last year. Uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell is just spent. Again, that's my over-age 30 quarterback. I mean, you don't see Todd Gurley signing with anybody anytime soon. Uh, I mean, it's I feel bad for Lamar because I don't really think they lost the number one draft pick, the wide receiver from Minnesota, Bateman, until probably November. Uh, I think the Ravens are going to be a team that, that really are going to have a hard time to break 500. They would have been, before these injuries, they would have been in my list of the Super Bowl. But I think Big Ben spent at, at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh still got one of the better defenses. They uh, added a local kid that I'm very familiar with, Melvin Ingram, at defensive end. But they've lost Bud Dupree at linebacker. And I just think Big Ben can't throw deep anymore. I think people know that, and, and safeties just crowd the line. Pittsburgh's another team I think is regressing. And I, I think the Browns' defense is so much better. I think the Browns I think the Browns are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Did I say that out loud? Uh, really? really? Yeah. Do I you really think, think Baker so. Mayfield can really do it? Come on. I, I think the rushing attack and the defense. I think Baker can be a caretaker quarterback. But I think they're the best team in that division. Uh, I still don't think they're as good as Buffalo. Trivia time for you. Since July 1st, whose jersey is the highest selling jersey in the NFL? Uh, July 1st? Since July 1st this year to today. Uh, Tebow. Who is so new? Not even top five. Mahomes. Uh, I think he's third. Brady. Uh, he's second. Uh, number one jersey. Um, who was the, you know, none of the uh, lottery picks really blew me away, so I doubt it's one of the lottery picks. Well, actually, Fields and um, uh, the kids for the Jets, uh, they're in the top top five, top six. So top is it Rodgers? Is he the top? No, no, no. Lawrence for the Jacksonville Jaguars? No, 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 no. Uh, TJ Watt? No, 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 no. I don't know. Who? Mr. Allen from Buffalo. Really? Josh, baby. He's on Josh my Allen fantasy is, team. He is the number one selling jersey from Fanatics, which is the uh, official retailer for the NFL. Oh, the Bills fans are crazy, crazy. Hey, yeah, they're, they're about to lose their team. They might be crazy. I know this is the start of NFL, but do you know this is overreaction Thursday? that every year after the college football season starts, we go through the overreactions based on the first week. So are you ready to switch the, to NCAA football? Yeah, we'll have overreaction Monday. No, Tuesday next week. <laughs> it's the first week in the NFL. Well, let's get it out of the way. Well, this, is, this is not overreaction. The ACC is oh. weak. You know they where are, I'm going. I'm going yeah, that the, your Tar Heels were yeah, ranked. 
and yeah. they lost. And are we overreacting? That's that th no, we're not. I mean, the offensive line, which was a veteran line, did not block. The wide receivers had two starting wide receivers. Morales was one, came in hospital. They, you know, they, they lost all the running backs and three of the starting wide receivers. Defense is young. Virginia Tech is good. Uh, you know, they're just not a top 10 team. And, you know, the quarterback's not a Heisman Trophy candidate. They'll get to a bowl game, but they're not going to win uh, the Coastal Division for the ACC. Okay. But the whole, the whole conference, I mean, Louisville got embarrassed by Mississippi. Florida State had a respectable game. And that was, you know, to see the young man from Central Florida come back who was told he may not walk again and engineer a near comeback was almost like a Disney film. But Clemson can't block. I mean, Clemson's not a top 10 meet either. I mean, we're lucky to have anybody ranked in the top 20. NC State may be the surprise team. But the whole right now... I mean, it's the Southeastern Conference, it's the Big Ten, it's the Big 12, then it's the Pac-12, and then it's the ACC, maybe above the American Conference. I'm not so sure right now. Well, the first week, you know, it's the first time you look at the players, and not every team shows up, and Nebraska lose to Illinois, North Carolina loses, um, and then... Clemson looks horrible, and the reaction and all the troll bait was Clemson is done. They've lost their dynasty, and the biggest wave of support has gone to Alabama. After Georgia and Clemson looked so poor in offense, everybody's saying, well, it's Bama's year now. There's no doubt. In the top 25, your beloved Tar Heels dropped down 10 points or 10 spots to 24. My beloved Wolverines, uh, I guess nobody gave them any love for beating Western Michigan. My... Uh, college where I went to, they're still not in the top 25, um, which is the first time I can remember, boy, in a long time since the Rich Rod years that we, we Michigan, has not been in the top 25 at all. Uh, nobody's given them any love, but hey, it's still early, early on. Um, do you think Texas is the real deal? Let me go with Texas now. No, I mean, I watched a little bit of the game against Louisiana. That was fairly close to halftime. Uh, Texas is a great running back. Um, their defense is pretty good. But are they a better team than Oklahoma? No. no. Now, Oklahoma, I may have overrated a little bit because you had a two-lane team, which was dislo you know, dislocated because of the hurricane, had to practice in Houston, and they came back and they had a chance to tie it at the end. So, no, I mean, um, it, it's we are prisoners of the moment, okay? And right now, the only moment we have is the first games. Now, I will remind you, do you know the last time a team lost the first game of the season and won the NCAA championship? I do not know. Would you believe 1983? Miami? Yeah, Miami. Yeah, Miami lost to... I believe Florida. Was that with Kozar or who was quarterback back then? Yeah, I think that was with Kozar. Nice, Bernie Kozar. So, see, you know, if you take history, then Clemson, Carolina, they're out. I mean, they're not going to have national champs. Carolina wasn't going to anyway. But Clemson, Clemson can still make the Final Four, 
but they're going to need help. Uh, right now, and, and it's easier to, rather than pick your top 25, your top 10, you pick who you think the final four is going to be. And right now, it's going to be Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State. No big surprise there. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, Alabama's going to be there at the end. Alabama's just a machine. I mean, Saban just keeps it going. I mean, he turned he turned 70 this year. Yeah, he turned 70. But he's not going anywhere for a while. I mean, that's the, they're going to be the machine. Georgia's offense, um, you know, even with uh, Zeus at, at running back, uh, they've got a great group of running backs, weight wide receivers, but that Clemson defense is pretty good. I mean, I, I judge that game that Georgia's offense will have no problem. They were going against a pretty good Clemson defense. You got to remember that game was basically won on an interception. They'd still be playing three to three or zero to zero <laughs> now, or going to overtime. Yeah, my takeaway was JT Daniels looked horrible to me. He just looked a little frail. I'm thinking this guy starting a quarterback in Georgia. He didn't look strong. He didn't look confident. Um, I sort of know why he transferred from USC. I think he had a little mental block at USC as well, and looked like he was really frustrated. Now Clemson's no slouch in defense. You know what to get that right. Um, well, one other thing. You know, early on. Pollsters like to say this is an upcoming team, and the darling for the coaches poll in the AP Top 25 is Cincinnati. They have them number seven in the AP 25, number eight in the coaches poll because basically they got a lot of people coming back. They play uh, in a league that's not too hard, and toward the end we'll see where they're really at. Uh, Luke Fickle's there, who used to be um, an interim coach at Ohio State. If you had to guess, if if Cincinnati makes the top eight, makes the bowl games, you know, the big pay bowl games, where do you think Luke Fickle will go? This is the way too early prediction for Luke Fickle. Well, you know, they played a great game against Georgia last year in the Peach Bowl. Yeah. It was one on a last-second field goal. And they lost their defensive coordinator. who's up and coming start. He's now the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame. Um, is, is Fickle really want to go to the pros? I mean, I could see him go to the pros. Well, no, or no, no. I mean, maybe with another college team, maybe. You know, Cincinnati's going to the Big 12 in five years, probably less, because they'll do a negotiated payout with Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, go to Big 12, you know, I, he's not going to Ohio State. He had a taste of that. Uh, maybe a Big 12 school. I don't know if which Big 12 schools in big trouble. Which ones? I mean, most of the Big 12 coaches are in pretty good shape. I don't. I hear him. I hear him taught about as an NFL coach. That's the word I go. Huh. And same with 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 Matt Campbell uh, out of Ohio. You know, Iowa the State. Lion, the you know Iowa State. Uh, you know, the Lions offered Matt Campbell. What was it? Fifty four million for seven years. And obviously, they already put the nameplate of Campbell for head coach. So the Lions <laughs> they got the wrong got Campbell. Dan Campbell. You got the wrong <laughs> Campbell. Got Dan Campbell. Uh, you got to wait and see which programs are going to be available. SC may be available. All right, all right. So we've talked that enough. How about Urban Meyer? Right now, he's a college <laughs> coach that's Ohio State, Florida, and he's in the NFL, and he's already getting in trouble with the NFL. 
neither one of us thought this was a great idea to take him and put it in the pros. But, you know, his ego is pretty big. He wants to prove he's doing well. Uh, he tried the team, Tim Tebow experiment. That didn't go so well. Um, so, Urban Meyer, do you think he'll have a winning season this year or next? Oh, no. Most definitely. They're not going to have a winning season. They'll win more games because they only won one last year. But, uh, I mean, he's already – coaches have, when they made their cuts, they cut guys who had the vaccine. But you can't say that because of the agreement Oops. with the Players Association. He said it. I mean, they asked Belichick, and said, no, no, no. I didn't cut Cam because Cam was not vaccinated. Because here's the issue. If you are – if you go have to go on a close contact or if you develop COVID and you've been vaccinated, you only go on the injury list for three to four days. If you have not been vaccinated and you are on a close contact list or you're, you're diagnosed or tested as positive with COVID, you go on a 14-day, two-week medical reserve list, which means you miss, unless you're in a bye week, two games. So... Are you, you know, is a coach going to be selfish and keep a guy who could probably make the difference between making the playoffs and not? No, he's going to pick the guys. If it comes down to two guys of equal talent, they're going to take the guy who's been vaccinated. Now, you can argue till the cows come home if that's right or appropriate or whatever or legal reams, but the basic nature is you're not going to risk the backups and the ability to play and put your best 52 out there. You know, just because a guy wants to take his legal right not to be vaccinated. Well, everybody knew this. It was the great unknown. What is Urban Myers? He says it out loud. Okay. He also got fined for lawsuits. Yeah, he got fined for illegal workouts during the spring. You know, and and you know, it's the my big takeaway is okay. Let me say this nicely. Okay. Urban Meyer and the truth don't always meet at the same place. That's you know my nickname for him, Urban Liar. So Okay. And you can get away with that when you're at a college with adoring public in a group when you've won a national championship for that particular team. You can get away with all kinds of stuff. I mean, let's face it, Saban ain't the most likable guy in the world, but you know, he can do about anything he wants in Alabama. When you're in the NFL, there is a dispassionate fan base, dispassionate media that are going to hold you to what you say. So getting that hometown advantage of being a jerk just does not work. You got to win. Just, you know, Al Davis said it true 50 years ago. Just win, baby. Because I don't care who you are. You know, they fired Shula. They fired George Allen. They fired Tom Landry. Okay, you don't win, you're gone. And and he's he's is a much the different. Time is ticking on Urban Liar. That's all. I'm oh saying. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But now, hey, he's great. He's like Dan Campbell. They're great for entertainment. <laughs> and and I'll throw another one. Uh, Nick Sayachi over at uh, the Eagles. Those three for this season are going to be high entertainment quality. Yeah, it really is. Do you know? Saban in the last, not Saban, but Meyer in the last 10 years has only lost nine games. He'll lose that many before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, or he'll have another health crisis or something. 
Yeah, right. I, I saw a meme where he, you know, thought bubbles. You know, when I get to five losses, can affect a heart attack? He can ooh, do the, he, he's the Fred Sanford of our generation. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't know. I do think he was really stressed in Florida. I don't take that away from. But oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's a. We're but talking about Ohio State football is a million dollar operation. I mean, you are basically creating revenue. You're operating a corporation. Ohio State, uh, he just changed the truth when it fit Oh, in. yeah. The whole deal with that assistant coach, it was so unbelievable back and forth, even though Ohio people were about ready to run him off. So Ryan Day was a fresh air compared to Urban Well, you Meyer. know, he hired the uh, strength coach from uh, Iowa who was sued by several of the players for making racial comments. And they kept him for about a week. And, you know, Meyer, I didn't know about this. It was everywhere. And so they had to let him go. So he, he, he's starting to realize that he, everything he does is in the spotlight. And, and I don't think he's had a critical spotlight on him at Florida, Utah, and Ohio State. And this is he's going to have to adjust to that. He has to adjust the NFL. The NFL will not adjust to him. So, Ernest, this week, pardon the confusion, is number 163, and it's going to be a condensed version. For some of you old enough to remember the Reader Digest condensed books, where they would take books and, and shorten them for you. Forget about literary interest. We're just going to make it shorter for well, you. You know, we do that now. We just call it spoiler alert. Yeah, well, so we're going to shorten this one just a little bit because I don't know about the listener, but we've both been really busy. We're recording this on Thursday. And so... Ernest, I want to just give you a chance to shout out about anything entertainment-wise that you're thinking about movies. Uh, what next movie are you looking forward to watching? Uh, I'm looking forward to see Ghostbusters. Uh, Paul Rudd is good in everything he does. Dune. Uh, I remember the original Dune version, which came out in the 80s uh, with Sting uh, and Kyle MacLachlan. Um I'd be fascinated to see the, the particular uh, director's doing it. Did a, a movie I love called Arrival. He's done some great science fiction movies. Uh, of course, the Spider Man movie, you know, who's in it, who's not in it in that respect. Um, I, those are the kind of ones I'm looking forward to. The, the James Bond one. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's going to be postponed again. Uh, the. Um, uh, the new Venom Carnage with Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, like Paul Rudd and and Luke Wilson, uh, they just can't do bad movies. They really can't. I mean, they can't. They play the same part every movie. They're the same particular role, uh, but they just can't make bad movies. So you know, because this is we know this is the last Bond for this particular Bond, and then we'll have the conjecture of who the new Bond would be. You have any choices? Who would you like the next Bond to be? Um, I I don't know who it's going to be, but my wife really likes this show called Outlander, and there's this one Scottish guy who's the male lead, and he just filmed uh, a movie for Netflix that puts him into the British SAS or Secret Services, and so to me it seemed like one long tryout for James Bond for this dude. Uh, much taller, better looking than the current one, and my wife would love it if he was the next James Bond. And I'm totally secure with that. No problem. You know. See, my choice would be, and it would be a fundamental change. You know, it was the role was offered to only one non-British person, 
of course, now they're not all English because Sean Connery was from Scotland and Pierce Brosnan is from Ireland. And uh, so the only, you know, who the one non-British Isles individual it was offered to in the 70s to be James Bond? Mm. It wasn't Burt Reynolds. That wouldn't make Yes, it was. It was? Yes, the Broccoli family. No. Cubby uh, and Albert Broccoli, who are the That's owners. smoking the band if you don't know who Burt Reynolds is. So. Biggest movie star of the 70s. I know. He owned the box office. But how many people are listening? Well, anyways, go ahead. Finish well, the they story. Saw, they saw Boogie Nights, or they saw Mystery Alaska. They know who he is. Mystery Alaska is 20 years old, so we are scooping. Yeah, that's a great movie. Uh, I haven't okay, seen you want my choice for who the next James Bond Why not? Be? Why not? It's free. Ildrisabella. Yeah, that sort of, uh, you know, I think that would be a popular pick. I think he might be a little too, too old now to take it. He he is, but I think, well, you know, most of the other guys, a lot of percentage of them took it in their 40s and 50s. I think the world is... a in you know would be ready for a change and you know not a, another white dude doing it and i think that people are ready for that all right ernest we got to wrap it up your final couple good minutes uh y'all gonna get sick of me telling you this but here we go because there's a particular reason so stick with me a little bit here y'all know i've been watching a lot of the marvel stuff on disney plus and uh, last night i was watching the um the one about the the what if show which basically is based on a comic book line in Marvel in which they basically have multi-universes. Sell more comics. Sell more comics. Sell more comics. Paul's sick of. But <laughs> stick with me. The, the, the story is not really the, the point of where we're going, okay? It's, it's not always the destination. It's the journey. But this one was part of uh, Zombies. And basically what happens is when they bring Hope Van Dyke back, she releases a zombie plague. And they kill all the old Avengers, which no longer are existing anymore. Captain America, Iron Man, that's the irony of it. But uh, one of the ones they rescue is uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman playing the uh, Black Panther. Now, this was the last lines he recorded uh, before him passing away uh, a little more than a year ago. But the point of it is the survivors of the zombie uh, escaped to go to Wakanda. And uh, Spider-Man, who's voiced by the young man that plays that. Tom uh, Holland. Tom Holland basically talks about all the people he'd lost. Going back to his Uncle Ben and his aunt. and All the Avengers had died. And Chadwick Boseman says, and, and these lines are poignant because it applies to his life, that they really didn't lie. They, they, they really didn't die. That as long as they're in our heart, they still live. And, you know, you, you the great things about uh, superhero movies and graphic novels and comics and things is you can mine them for, for little lines that, that stick with you. And that's, you know, someone who's lost a parent this year and, of course, Chadwick Boseman passing away. It's ironic that he would make those lines. But it is really true. We go through loss in life and and. During the COVID, I, uh, my sister was alerting me to a high school friend of mine that died of COVID this week. And it's true. If we keep the memories of those close to us, they never really die because their voice are in our, in our heads at all times. And they, they live within us and they live in our actions and our deeds. 
Sorry to go deep on you, but Paul, you gave me a rope and I hung myself. No, no, that's really deep, dark too. Okay, um, no, that's a good point. And, you know, COVID is a sombering thought. It's just not going away. I think most of us thought, hey, we're moving on. And um, but Yeah, but, but Paul, I'm a child of the nuclear age. And we lived over the threat of nuclear proliferation. My entire life, I lived on military bases, and we used to do the drills, you know, stop, drop, and roll if a nuclear bomb hit. And and I'm older than you, as, as those who, listeners who listen in. Here, I turned 65 this week. From my birth till my college years, the constant threat until the, the wall was torn down in the 80s, was that we were going to die in a nuclear war. And we came close three or four times. But we survived. And whether that threat that hangs over us is uh, nuclear proliferation or if it was AIDS or now COVID, we still thrive. We love our children and grandchildren. We go to work. We enjoy sports. We love each other. We go to our houses of worship and worship. So even though the threat is hanging over us, we are strangely individuals which are uh, resilient. It's a good word. It's a good word, resilient. Well, you went deep, which is good, because I was going really light. Um, I was going to end the show saying I tried pickleball for the first time. My son and I played it last Monday, and we had a blast. It was so much fun. Um... We had a great time. At one point, I was pretty tired running around, uh, and I got down to do some back stretches on the tennis court, and a lady who was walking by a nurse says, are you okay? Do you need CPR? And I thought, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, I guess I'm that age. But anyways, play pickleball. It's a ton of fun. It's a little combination of everything. So if you're looking for something fun to do this weekend, hey, it doesn't cost too much to get started. So... For Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. This is your condensed version of Pardon the Confusion. Uh, next week we'll be back with something fun, some upset, some football story that we wanted to pursue even further. So our future Ernest is as bright as Tom Brady's teeth. So with that strange comment, we say goodnight.